0: What is going on, everybody? Welcome to another episode of the Critics Corner Podcast, weekly MLB recap edition. William Locke joined, as I am, every week by Luis Bronco, and we have a very special guest this week, Alden Carraway, fellow um, We played baseball in high school together, and I introduced him to Luis, I guess, when we were back home in college. So, mutual friend of the podcast, diehard St. Louis Cardinals fan. We're very excited 100%. to have him on today to talk Cardinals. Alden, how you been doing?
1: Doing pretty good. You know, just been watching the Cardinals. They've been really up and down this year, but I'm hoping they can figure it out and maybe win the win the division over the Brewers because it looks like the rest of the division's, you know, pretty terrible.
0: Yeah, Yes, sir. Exactly. And that's why I wanted to bring you on because I think the Cardinals are in an interesting spot right now in the sense that, we're at the quarter mark of the season, right? They're twenty-three and eighteen. They're only three games back of the Brewers in in the Central, a team that I don't think either Luis and I, Luis or myself, think very highly of. It's it's a flawed roster, um, but it feels like the Cardinals have been good. They've been above average. They've never been below five hundred at any point in the season, but it still feels like they can be way better than they are. I don't know if you feel. The same way.
1: No, I completely agree. I mean, there's some games they go out there. Like yesterday, they scored 18 runs against the Pirates. Absolutely piled it on them. And then the next day, they'll come out and they'll have three hits. Mm-hmm. And they'll actually get a good pitching performance out of somebody, and they still lose. So, it's been pretty up and down for the time being. But hopefully, some of these big call-ups like Nolan Gorman, Yepes has been pretty good so far. Hopefully, Libatore pans out. Right. Louis-
0: Luis, we we've been talking, I guess, for most of the season about the glaring weakness. Like the, the lineup has been great for the Cardinals, but it's that pit, when you get to that pitching, really outside of Michaelis and um, Wainwright, is where the starting pitching kind of falls off a cliff. Uh, Stephen Matz has been been decent, I guess. You know, he's got a six ERA, but um, we just got to get down to business and have a talk, Halden. Like, let's just cut the BS and let's just get down to it. Like, we got to have a talk.
2: Like, this is a team I want, it's like, we talked about it, wasn't it last podcast, William, we talked about it? Or I you think it was the one before? Maybe, I don't but know. We want to hop in with this team, like we want to go full in to go, because I think they, they have the second top five lineup in the NL,
0: we can all agree.
1: Right?
0: Yeah. Maybe even yeah. top three. Top five for sure. Uh, yes. Top, top three? You have two MVP guys this season so far. In it Gold definitely
1: Street. could be a top three lineup if, you know, like the Gorman pans out and, you know, if keeps playing like he is, there's no doubt it's a top three.
0: And that's something that I've loved actually about the Cardinals so far this season Um is they haven't been afraid to make big moves in the sense that Paul DeYoung was their starting shortstop heading into the season. He's on a decent contract. They sent him down. They said, screw it. They called up Nolan Gorman this past weekend. Like, they're not afraid to whoever's not playing well. They're not going to be on Tapping the team. Them out. right? They're yeah. taking them out. They, they need that production. I, I, I think that's a positive so far that we've seen from the Cardinals this season. But, yeah, like this is a team that I picked before the season to go to the World Series. As somewhat of a sleeper, I thought we were going to get a much better season from Tyler O'Neal than we have. Just out Yeah, there.
1: I mean, I thought – I think I remember listening to your podcast. You had him as a dark horse MVP candidate. And he, and he is, is. Or he was. He is. He, he started very, out. very, very far from the MVP.
0: <laughs> he's, right oh, now. yeah. He's yeah. probably like the 400th guy in, in line. I mean, him. but when he's
1: on, when he's on, he is one of the most dangerous hitters in baseball.
2: Yeah.
1: Oh, 100%. But the, one thing I want to touch
2: on, too, along with, like, Tyler O'Neill, like, I think we don't I, – I don't think MLB pundits and I don't think people around the league talk about how good their farm system is. Like, it's – yeah, it, it's like – what is it, 15th we said or something like that? It's like mid-table. 16th. Yeah, yeah 60. but, like, there's always – they always find a way to get, like, two or three guys that contribute. Like, Yepes, he's hitting pretty well. He started out yeah. – then they had Nolan Gorman. He keeps
1: it up. He's well. And like, there's always like two or three guys they find. And just yeah. that. And it's just yeah, that-, that Brendan Donovan guy's actually been pretty solid, too. I mean, he yeah. has really played a tremendous amount, but he's gave us good games so far. Yeah, he's 22
0: games hitting 319 with a 181 WRC plus. Like, he's been great. And yeah. speaking to that, it's like, we always talk about the Yankee development as kind of a joke, but also like they do do a good job with player development. The Cardinals do an outstanding job with player development. Like it doesn't matter if I take the MLB farm system rankings with a grain of salt because the Cardinals always get guys that just turn out to be good and they're not always highly regarded prospects. I just think that speaks to, to their development program. I got you a list of guys David Freeze, Tommy Fan.
2: Colton Wong.
0: I love Colton Wong. Those
2: guys are, like, productive, like, MOV guys. Like, yeah, they bounce around teams, but, like, the thing about the Cardinals is they do a good job at producing major league guys, and those major league guys stay in the league. That's one of the biggest points. like Because you'll see, like, for instance, you'll see teams like, I don't know. um, Tampa's gotten better with it, but I'm trying to think of a team like – they're like ah, slipping on the mind, but there's always that team that brings up a prospect. Even like, let's say Seattle, Jared Kalman, perfect example. They brought him up. You yeah. can't stay up. Can't hit.
0: It's been, he's been horrible in two stints last year and this year
2: and Kansas city, Kansas city does the same thing. Bobby Witt's All right. The only
1: thing that's holding him up is his defense right now, but other yeah. than that and Bobby, Witt was the number one prospect going into the year? Yep. Yeah.
0: I mean, I from what we saw from Nolan Gorman last weekend. I, it's only like three games. I mean, I picked the guy up in fantasy. He's a power bat, can play middle infield. Um, I think he's gonna be a huge addition to the lineup, especially like with O'Neill not having the season that he was expected to have. Add Gorman, that's another power bat. You got Yepez, another surprise so far this season. Hit three bombs, uh, 155 WRC plus in 17 games, filling in that uh, you know that DH. First base, corner outfield spot. And like you guys, I think a major strength of the Cardinals is just the versatility that y'all have in the sense that yeah. you have a lot of guys that can play a lot of different positions, like Tommy Edmonds, second base, shortstop, corner outfield. That Brendan Donovan, all infield positions, corner outfield. The Yepes, I just said Carlson can play every position in the outfield. You know, you got Imundo Imundo Sosa, second, short, third, and then Gorman, second, third, DH. Corey Dickerson has been bad, but corner outfield DH like that's good for the regular season. And you can win a lot of games in the regular season with that line of versatility. I don't think it's going to matter as much in the playoffs. But that, again, speaks to the Cardinals development and they bring up well-rounded prospects, guys that can play a lot of different ways. It's kind of like the, the Cardinals DNA. And then, you know, you throw in Pujols, who actually has been pretty solid, but he's like almost a leader uh, a mentor for young prospects. And he only, you know, he only plays, I guess, against uh, left handers, but he's been yeah, soft- He's kind
1: of just a situational guy, but he's definitely a big, you know, in the locker room just to help out the young guys, especially with all the young guys that have been calling up. You know, a lot of those players looked up to him, like mm-hmm. Francis last year, Nolan Arenado said that our pools was his favorite player growing up. And I'm sure that, you know, that's a big deal for him to be playing with him alongside during his are arguably still his prime because, at the very beginning of the season, Nolan Arenado was looking like one of the best he's ever been.
0: Yeah, he's still he slipped think,
1: off a little bit, but right. still, he's still almost batting a little under three hundred.
2: Yep, he, he had a bad week this week. He hit like under two hundred. He screwed me this week like
0: badly. Like in wait, did you lose this week in fantasy? Yeah,
2: I, I lost. Paul Goldschmidt lost me this week. Paul Goldschmidt, which we'll talk about later, literally went on a tear. And I wanted to talk about before we got into like one of the big topics I wanted to ask you all then was their, their roster construction is very interesting in the way, like it's a good mix of both youth and old guys. It's not like, like, William, you could say this, the Yankees are an older team compared to the rest of the bigs as the Cardinals are a good, like middle of the road, like good mix
1: of both old and young. Yeah. If, if, We can both agree with that. I agree. Uh, I do. I want to shout out my boy, Wesley Rose. He's a Phillies fan. He talks a lot of shit to me all the time, and he says that the Cardinals are basically a nursing home team with uh, Wainwright, Wainwright, Yachty, and Poole, and said they're just riding off into retirement and going to have a not even make the playoffs. (laughs) I mean, Wainwright's Uh, been, like, extremely
0: surprising – Like super durable. It's been like three straight years where I'm like, "How is this guy still pitching in the league?" And he's been really good this like the past three seasons.
1: Wesley was trying to tell me that none of them have done anything recently, and I was like, "Honestly, Wainwright was a dark horse Cy Young candidate last year. He was honestly really, really good still." Yeah, how old is he? Well, 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 you know, I I I I, I see it, but
2: I just it's just like the thing with Wainwright is. I think Raymond isn't Cy Young quality. But,
0: no, of course not.
2: But I just kind of think like right now in his career, he's kind of like, If I'm if I'm in the playoffs and I got to win a game, that's the dude I'm giving it to. Oh, definitely. But he's so, more out of the three guys. Is that who you're going to? He's a, he's more of a number two guy. I and this would and this leads into perfectly. I want to talk about is like this is why I'm not in, like fully in. It's the pitching, like. It's just like you don't know what you're gonna get out. Like, Steven Matz, like, I thought he was gonna be a good signing, and I think I said this in the first podcast, but it's just like it's such a mixed bag what you get from him.
1: Oh, and yeah, I, that and first start of the year was awful, and that was our big splash signing for the if you want to call it a splash, <laughs> yeah, huge splash <laughs> signing, splash of, signing. Yeah. of the all yeah. season. Hey, it and was, he was a- terrible. It was a splash for the Mets because Steve Cohen
2: did tweet out saying, like, pissed off, saying, like, hey, that should have been our guy.
1: Yeah. But they ended up getting
2: Chris Bassett, so I, I don't think they're –
1: They're uh, not too mad about that one. Yeah, no, he's uh, – Chris Bassett's actually pitching really nicely up there in New York. Yeah, but to go back to Matt's, I mean, that first start of the year was awful. You know, me and my Cardinal buddies, we were just talking mad shit about Matt's. <laughs> Um, But then that next start, he only gave up – I don't remember how many hits he gave up, but he looked awesome. And then he's been kind of switching back and forth. It's good start, bad start, good start, bad start. And now uh, I think they announced today he went on the 15 he did. AIL because some shoulder inflammation or something like that. Shoulder, shoulder. impingement.
0: Yeah.
2: And, and, and he's had those type of issues throughout his career, and it's just
1: like Flaherty's is not coming back till June, right, is what I read. Yeah, I mean, I'd rather them be. Safe and sorry with him. I mean, we want to – I mean, if we want to make a deep run in the playoffs or, and make the playoffs, we need him to be as healthy as possible.
0: My thing with, with Flaherty is I feel like people around the league or when you hear about him, people talk about him as if he's like this elite ace in the rotation. But I don't necessarily feel like he's an elite, like elite, elite pitcher. Like he's not one of the best five – to ten pitchers in the league. I don't know. I you- do,
1: I do agree with that. A lot of people when they they think about when they say a for him, they're thinking of that really good, what was it, 2019 or 2020 season after the all-star break or a little bit before the all-star break onto their end of the regular season. He pitched one of the best ERAs to close ever for a pitcher in an MLB season. But like since then he's just been injury prone, hadn't been consistent. So I mean, I definitely understand that argument. But when he was at his best, he was almost impossible to touch. Right.
2: And, and, and I think we can all agree, like, the pen is is fine. It's just kind of one of those things in the pen. It's like finding their roles in a way because last year Hicks was closing. And now it's, I think, it's Giovanni Gallegos closing.
1: Yeah, Gallegos is good.
2: Yeah, he's good, but it's just kind of one of those things that when everybody's healthy, like, we just have to figure out what's everybody's role. And I kind of think we'll talk about this later with the Yankees side of the podcast. I think the Yankees are going to go through that real soon. And we kind of touched on it texting that, that there's going to be some type of like shuffle in the pen that I feel like once everybody's healthy, it's going to take a little bit of time for everybody just to like, okay, you're the ninth inning guy. You're the eighth inning guy
0: type of deal. You're the long guy. And I think that the, the Cardinals bullpen Per, its performance really, really depends on their starting pitching and what they get from it. Because, like we saw last week, bullpen got tat or starting pitching didn't do great. Bullpen got taxed. That kind of screwed him in the Mets series, right? If, yeah. if Wainwright, Michaelis, and you know Dakota Hudson, who's been solid, if those three guys and you know uh, Flaherty when he comes back, if they're good for you, you guys and you're not really wearing out the bullpen, then this can be a, a good bullpen because you have those. You have elite pitchers in the bullpen. You, you do. But yeah. it's, it's a matter of not getting worn down throughout the course of the season, which we've seen. Uh, so a, a little bit like last week, we definitely saw it. Um, but at the end of the day, it's not it's – not, you really just don't want a bullpen that's going to totally screw you over in, in the playoffs. Like the, bull, the Cardinals bullpen is not a worry, in my opinion. In my opinion, oh, the, no. only, the only major worry you guys have is, is the starting rotation, really that third or fourth guy. Because the lineup, you have MVP candidates, you you lead the league in stolen bases, right? So you can run and you play small ball. You can play all different types of ways. There's extreme um, versatility amongst your, your lineup, which is something that I really value. You could do the little things, right? So like I, I see this team as if this team had a front end rotation, like a like a New York Mets level rotation, people would... Be talking about them as world series contenders way more than they are right now, so I'm. I guess at least my next question is, What do you think the ceiling is for the Cardinals this season? Do you think they can
1: legitimately contend? I think they can, but to go back to the roles for the uh, the bullpen, one role I'm not can really sure about right now is what they're doing with Jordan Hicks because you know, Jordan Hicks has always been a closer or you know, maybe the eighth or seventh inning guy, but he started right maybe three games so far this season and he only pitches a couple innings but i'm just like not sure what they're going to do with him and then today unfortunately it was announced let me pull it up
0: alex reyes
1: with alex reyes it looks like that his season is officially over he went to some doctor to address his throwing or the pain in his throwing shoulder and they're saying that it's likely going to end in surgery and obviously alex reyes like He was an all-star last year up until the all-star break. He was one of the best pitchers in baseball. But then that second half of the season, he kind of died off. And then everybody remembers what Chris Taylor did to him in that wild card game. That that, 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 that was nutty. And that wasn't the only time he did it. He had done that like he'd given up a walk-off home run maybe three or four times in the last – 25 30 games too. He's obviously the Cardinals went on that big tear to end the season, but they did blow before that some big games and he was partly to blame. Trust me, I know I had Alex
2: Reyes in my fantasy pen. I tuned in to watch and I was like, "Boom, it was it, I don't want to say it was Chapman like, but it was uh, damn near oh." God. And I wanted to br- and I got some stats to bring up on the whole uh Cardinals pitching uh staff. They've pitched this year 360 innings, which right now that ranks, I'm trying to get it, but anyways, 360, I'll come back with the ranking later. Right now in FIP, they're 409 in FIP, which is ninth highest in the league. Their ERA is at a 3.7. Which right now ranks at mid, mid league, 17th. And then their war is 2.1 for a whole pitching staff, 2.1, which ranks right at the bottom at 24, next to Cleveland, Arizona, and Boston. A yeah.
1: That's, and, what, I mean, going into the season, we like all the Cardinal fans knew that the glaring hole was the starting pitching because we always trusted our bullpen because we kept most of the pieces from last year. We lost like one or two. But I think they need to make a splash, at least at, close to the trade deadline, force a, a certain starting pitcher to like just to help out. Right, so, sleeper option. Um, do I mean, they, they, have, do they, they have a couple guys in the farm that they could give up? Because I mean, they, like you said, they're really versatile. They have a bunch of players who can play a bunch of different positions, which means they are able to move some people in the farm system.
0: I think they are definitely they will make a trade at the deadline for for some starter. It won't be the like the elite, whoever, whatever the name that comes up, the the guy that everyone's chasing after. I don't think they'll get him. Um, but I do think they will get a solid third or fourth option at the deadline. Or, you know, who knows? Maybe uh Libra Adore, however you say his name, uh turns out to be that fourth guy
1: for real, you know. Yeah, he's had a good season in triple a this year which is a lot better than last few years he kind of was really inconsistent so that's good to hear but you know that jump from AAA pitching yeah. or hitters the major league is still a huge leap so it's going to take some time for him to work on his craft and make sure it pans out there
2: so so here's my question i'm gonna i'm gonna run through a list of names because uh john Heyman just released bass thursday a list of 20 probable candidates and so the number one candidate right now is Frankie Montes. and I actually saw him pitch
0: Saturday night. Are you talking about
2: trade deadline candidates? Yes, and Frankie's number one. He's he's number one in the whole list, and they're saying that the Twins, the White Sox, and the Yankees and the Cardinals are
1: scouting him. I mean, I'm definitely down for – I mean, I guess it definitely would be an upgrade to what we have now. Absolutely. but what Especially do you- if somebody else goes down too. Like, when another pitcher goes down, we're going to be really hurting.
0: They're going to be asking for a lot, I feel, if, if he's the number one guy at the demo. Well, well, the thing is, is
2: like, is so here's my thing. I'm going to read you a couple more lists and then we can talk through the whole, like, the, the starting pitchers on this list. It's a list of 20, and I think there's like five. So he, Frankie Montas is number one in the whole list. Then he has Luis Castillo on the Reds, which I don't think is going to happen because same division. Yeah. So yeah. The Reds and the, the Reds, like, the city of Cincinnati just hates the Cardinals for no reason. Um, Nate Evaldi, I don't think that one's going to happen either because the Red Sox are starting to get a groove on. We're going to talk about that later. Tyler Malley, another Reds player. Um, they have Chad Cool from the Rockies, who's a cheaper option at $3 million. Uh, Martin Perez from the Rangers. We're going to talk about him later. Um, Marcus Stroman, I don't think it's going to happen. He just signed, and that's on the Cubs. Yeah, that's what I
1: really wanted in the offseason. I really wanted them to go out and get Marcus Stroman. But then it just never panned out. I thought he would have been a great addition to our pitching staff.
2: So, out of those guys, which ones do you, like, see, like, that are interesting? Obviously, like, some of them are harder than others because, you know, the Reds are in the same division. And, I mean, Luis Castillo and
1: the Cardinals would be amazing. That's what I'm saying. Like, that was who I was going to pick if I had to pick one. Because remember, Castillo, what was it, two years ago, actually had a really, really good year. He has good stuff. Yeah, and if he – I mean, you know, the Cardinals are a pretty world-class organization and they always get a lot of fans and the atmosphere and Busch Stadium is incredible. I feel like if he made the transition to the Cardinals, you know, he might really, really pan out if it ever happened. Yep. It's, yeah. Uh,
2: yeah, and, you know, that's one of the guys I've always told William, like, hey, why don't the Yankees call him up? Because the Reds, the Reds aren't an organization – that are well run. So they don't value their players correctly. Now you could probably p- pick them up for a bag of balls, baseballs and a couple, of, I don't even know if they even have a, a, a batting cage or a simulator to use. So, I mean, you can just trade for them.
1: Yeah.
0: So yeah, you guys wouldn't have to give up top end talent for him.
2: Yeah. So. You could probably, you could probably just send them a couple of
1: bag of peanuts, some bush lights, and they'll be all right. Yeah. yeah the, reds don't, don't, the reds uh, don't really care. A couple uh, Redbirds players. Um, You know they're you know the Reds right now they're amazingly focusing on the development of is his name Hunter Green the right handed pitcher yeah yeah
2: yeah but the the problem about the Reds is like I don't know if you've seen it since I used to live in Cincy um I I know a lot of Cincy fans and so you know you remember that Eugenio Suarez trade the the Eugenio Suarez and Jesse Winker yeah that
1: sounds familiar because Dylan my one of my good friends his dad's a huge Reds fan and so we we talk about the Reds and the Cardinals all the time so I'm pretty. I keep in the loop with the Reds and what they do. You hear? You heard what the owner said on uh, local TV. No, what would he say? So
2: after the trade, it was opening day. So this is the first time to, this year's the first year in like I don't know how many years that they haven't had an opening day. Like at an MLB history, they've only had three, three, uh, three years where opening day isn't at the Great American at the, with the Reds. Yeah. And they interviewed him, asking him about like, hey, the team sucks, like. You've pretty much watered a <laughs> – you, you pretty much watered down a damn near playoff team into a bottom-of-the-barrel franchise this year, and the owner pretty much said, where are you guys going to go? What are you going to do about it? Like, where are you going to go? That's
0: Complete awesome. moral opposite of, of, of what you get in St. Louis. So
2: Yeah, so – and I mean,
0: back to the point, Castillo or
2: even Mali. Cause he's also a really good pitcher that doesn't get enough credit. They just they just need to get out of there and go to like, they were on the Cardinals. I mean, that's the thing. The Cardinals are just one pitcher away, and you know Dylan Carlson's having a good year. Harrison Bader's gonna come on. I, I watched them last week, and I, I just think it's a matter of time before he just clicks.
1: Yeah. So you know Harrison Bader's glove. You know that's definitely one of the best, if not the best center fielder in terms of defense in the MLB. One thing, one exciting thing about Harrison Bader, he's not always been a great hitter, but if you look at his stats from when he's been called up to now, he's improved slightly every single season, and he's worked on parts of his game and his hitting that has helped the Cardinals. Even, even now that
2: I'm, I'm kind of like looking around in, in fantasy baseball, I've seen his stats, and from the start of the month into, like, into April, into May, it's two polar players. Like it's crazy how, how good he's like starting to like go up and only with Tyler O'Neill hurt and him getting like solid playing time. I just think yeah, only a matter of time, like buy your stock now.
0: And even and I, if, even if he's not hitting it great, he's still going to be an above average player because he has that elite glove and he can run. He is second right. in, in stolen bases. He's one of the fastest players yeah. in the league. So he
2: sold three bases on uh what, what, Thursday versus the Pirates or Friday night.
0: He uh no, he stole two against the Mets. That's it.
1: Yeah, that's uh, that. Those the Mets. Sorry, Bronx series. Uh, yeah. You really can't put a lot of stock into anybody stealing against the Mets. I mean, Pujols even stole second standing up. So, Mets <laughs> <laughs> um, slander. But honestly, when it I go back M- to Tyler but- O'Neill, I really think like once he gets back and he gets his groove back, and I think he will. You know, the Cardinals be dangerous. As long as they can figure out the pitching in some sort of way, I think the hitting will be able to catch up and keep yes. them in any ballgame.
0: Yeah. It, you, like, the vision is there. This team can contend for a title, especially in baseball where, kind of like hockey, anything can happen in a, in, in a best-of-seven series. It's not like basketball where, you know, the best team is going to win no matter what. The Cardinals mm-hmm. might necessarily be as talented as the Dodgers; they can still beat them in a seven-game series. It's completely plausible. And you know, same thing with going up against the Mets. The Mets are more flawed than the Dodgers, but the, the Cardinals can su- certainly beat them. And but your main competition, the Brewers. I just think the Cardinals are a better team than the Brewers. I'm sorry, the Brewers might have a top, the best pitching staff in baseball, top to bottom, but just they'll have the the lineup lets them down. They'll, you know, they might have weeks where it looks better than others, but I think over the course of 162 game season, the Cardinals have a much better lineup than the Brewers, and they're only three games back. And the Cardinals have not been playing their best baseball whatsoever this season,
1: yeah. so
0: I think they can. I think they can still absolutely win the division, and I'm very excited for that four game set this weekend, uh, Cardinals Brewers.
1: So what what's gonna be what's gonna be the main thing that comes down on who wins in division is who can consistently beat the bad teams. Yeah. you are going to play the entire year. Both the Brewers and the Cardinals are going to play the division so much. But if you let certain games just slip up and you lose them, those can, yeah. those can come back and bite you in the ass later on in the season. Yep. Not Which, only like in our division, but the wild card. Just yep. In instances like that, you got to be able to beat the bad. The good teams beat the bad teams almost every time or exactly. at least a good percentage of the time.
0: That That's i that's, like, that's something that I preach every single week. Like for the Yankees, you got to beat the Orioles. If you're the Cardinals, you got to beat the Pirates, which they did last weekend. You got to really obliterate, but
1: the Pirates get obliterated by everybody. So. Exactly. You got to beat. Hey, them, so, hey, the, the,
2: the lose those games. Hey, the Reds do have some type of like judge on uh, on the Brewers. Like they did beat them twice. The so.
0: Reds played well last week,
2: actually. I'd love <laughs>
1: to see it. You know, Hunter Green was. You know, didn't he get a W against them or?
2: No, he pitched uh, He pitched last week versus uh, versus Toronto,
1: and they lost. But it was Alec Manoa. That, that's the only time he pitched last week. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. that was Saturday, I believe. Saturday. So I know yeah. the Cardinals roped him when they faced him, but then after that, a little bit since then, he's actually been pretty solid. Yeah, yeah. we
2: talked about it on the pod because I, I remember that game. It was an Apple TV game, and I tell you right now, everybody and their, like, sister, their cousin, their grandma was at that game over there. Like, it was ridiculous
0: like
2: yeah. so an opener for them but
0: yeah well I mean we've beaten the Cardinals to, to death so I feel like we can get into our, our the rest of the podcast team of the week and kind of everything we go through on a weekly basis yep let's
1: do
0: it all right team of the week we do this every week Alden go through deep dive usually through fan graphs uh, and you know actually watching the games uh, and we determine our best our best starting lineup and pitching rotation from the week that was and really on the podcast we just kind of go through and list each player that we have here on on our sheet so i'll start it out and we can go in order uh whoever wants to go next after me um note the highlighted players are the hitter and pitcher of the week so our catcher of the week and a lot of times it is very slim pickings because catchers are not necessarily asked to do much at behind the plate, case in point, yet in Merlina. But catcher this week is Dalton Varshow from Arizona, 31 plate appearances, five runs, a homer, four ribbies, a walk, 290 average, 313 OBP, and a 106 WRC plus. So nothing crazy, but overall was, solid, solid week. He was clutch. The reason he's here, guys, is because he was clutch.
2: Because I mean, y'all can go look at the numbers and be like, oh, there was better catchers. Yes, the better catcher was Kiebert Ruiz, who had a way higher WRC plus and hit seven for seventeen for the whole week, but Dalton Varsho did give timely hits this week when the cart uh, not the Cardinals, the Diamondbacks played the uh the Cubs this
0: week. Yeah,
2: Saturday, Saturday he he gave them the lead in, in the tenth.
0: Yep, Alden, you want to go next? I mean, it's a Cardinal, so.
1: Yeah, I gotta gotta go with my boy Paul Goldschmidt. You know, he's definitely in the MVP conversation so far. Um, you know, played six games, 29 plate appearances, scored three runs, hit two bombs with a nine RBIs, um, batted 481 this week with a 483 on base percentage and a 280 WRC. I mean, there's not much you can say about Paul Goldschmidt. He's just Mr. Mr. Consistent, besides the beginning of of every season, he's always really shaky. But once he figures it out, he's still one of the best first basemen in all of baseball.
0: And I love his swing, but we don't need to go in more on him because Luis has PTSD from last week's fantasy matchup against Armand. So next up, our (laughs) next infielder is Trevor Story from Boston. He's actually our hitter of the week. He had come under a large scrutiny because he was struggling – after getting that fat contract early on in the season. But last week was his coming out party for sure. Like this might be the best week of the season so far. We've seen seven games, 31 plate appearances, 10 runs, six home runs in seven games, 14 RBIs, including a grand slam, five walks, two stolen bases, 360 average, 452 OBP and a 322 WRC plus just absolutely absurd week from story. So he went, he, he, he went berserk, so did the whole Red Sox team.
1: Yeah, it's hard to – I mean, it's definitely a contender for one of the best weeks so far for any player. Yeah.
0: I know. Now, sorry, skip, Luis, I forgot. You got next one. Now we got a uh,
2: infielder, Manny Machado, clearly going to be on our team of the – quarter of the way, team of the season, Manny Machado. Been killing it. He had 28 played appearances, six runs, one home run, four RBIs one walk, one stolen base, hit for a 444 average, 464 on base percentage and a 247 wrc plus. Padres had a really good week this week and I hope they don't have a good week cuz I could be having PTSD putting them on the list next week cuz I could just see him ending my whole fantasy week this week. Who are you playing this week? I play Bailey. So pretty much I'm playing Garrett Cole tonight. Paul Blackburn is pitching Wednesday. I saw.
0: Well, Garrett Cole's been trash. He's giving up four runs.
2: (laughs) Well, don't worry.
0: Aaron Judge will cure the job. I don't know. I mean, we're not hitting very well outside of him. All right, Alden, you got next.
1: All right, next we got uh, Rafael Devers. You know, going back to what we said earlier, you know, the Boston had an amazing week. Um, You know, 30 plate appearances, six runs, three bombs. Uh, not as many RBIs, but still helped them win. Uh, two walks, bad, basically 400, and a 266 WRC. I mean, yeah, there's not much more I can say besides the Red Sox had an amazing week. Can't
0: wait! Can't wait for Devers uh, for the Red Sox not to pay Devers and the Yankees to sign them this offseason. That's going to be a lot of fun uh, and really hard for Red. <laughs> right, Sox. You,
1: you, we
2: got to clip this. Somebody needs to clip this podcast and save it. Save it for for, for the winter meetings next year. Clip it, clip it. You know, they're not going to pay him. Hey, they don't want to pay, they're not,
1: they don't want to play Xander. And they They literally pay anybody. All of a sudden, the Red Sox are broke.
0: I guess all that money is going to Liverpool.
1: There has been, there has been talk that if uh Xander Bogarts does become available in the offseason, the Cardinals are a sleeper to try out, try and go get him.
0: I mean, you guys haven't pretty much have an opening at shortstop, that would be a perfect spot. And they'll
1: yeah, got and the Red Sox have a history of not wanting to pay the players. I mean, do we even have to go back and talk about Mookie Betts. Yep, Jacoby Ellsbury, um, Johnny, Johnny David,
2: and I'm just saying Rafael Devers is the single reason why they won on Saturday because on Saturday I watched the first inning and they were dead in the water. Garrett Whitlock was was gonna be a guy I was gonna talk about on the pod. I was prepping my whole Garrett Whitlock, you know, thing, and this man. Ended up giving four or five runs after the first inning. They pulled him. He was (laughs) atrocious. freaking atrocious. Don't ask me how they won that game, but Rafael Devers played a huge part on why they won that game. He had two bombs, I believe, on Saturday. But, you know, they walked him. And they, like, bases loaded Franchi Cordero. And we'll talk about them later.
0: Uh, Next. Getting, getting into our first outfielder, another Red Sox, J.D. Martinez, who is really a D.H., but six games, 28 plate appearances, seven runs, a homer, four ribbies, a walk, hit 500 average, 500 OBP, 269 WRC+. plus. Yeah, a lot of Red Sox. You kind of can see the theme here.
2: Yeah, he, I did, he's, he's been hitting well. I'll,
0: I'll let you take this one because
2: actually I'll do this. Alden, do this
0: one, yes. So. Yeah, I know who you want to get. I know who Luis wants to get. Aaron
1: Judge, I know he wants it. No, the 100. No, 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 no don't, don't say it. Just, just go. All right, Kevin Kiermaier, you know, 23 plate appearances, six runs. So, he was getting across the plate, two home runs, five RBIs. You know, batting 500 is definitely a good week. And also with the 283 WRC, I mean, it's,
0: it's hard to
1: deny yeah. great week there's a reason he's on the list
0: him and brett phillips had a good week for tampa we were between those two and
1: randy, randy
2: rosarena had a good week too the whole the whole tampa outfield gets an honorable mention this week yeah. they, they i really don't want to
1: speak on randy or rosarena you know <laughs> cardinals <laughs> traded him and he was so awesome in the playoffs that year they went to the world series and that just hurt me so bad
0: yep uh all right next up I guess I get to talk about the Yankee Aaron Judge. Six games, 28 player appearances, five runs, three homers, four ribbies, three walks, 435 average, 500 OBP, a 307 WRC plus carrying our lineup right now. Hit another home run tonight against Baltimore in the first inning. Pay the man. That's all I got to say. Pay the freaking man. New York City will burn down if the Yankees don't pay him. And I was talking to my Yankee friends today. Every Every New York citizen should be forced to chip into this Aaron Judge contract since the Yankees seem to want to be cheap there's 8.35 million new yorkers right if every single one of them just gives a singular dollar every single year that's 8.35 million dollars a year toward aaron judge's contract right if you live in new york you can afford to give up one single dollar to pay for aaron judge's contract so i just think that's something that we could look forward this offseason when the Yankees. yeah meet. i mean
1: hey if they don't pay him you know he looked like he looked like a terrific in that cardinal red in right field, you would look awesome. I mean, do you guys have a Alden. Alden. Alden billion dollars? Alden. Can I just tell you something? Alden, I'm gonna
2: crush your, I'm gonna crush everybody's dreams right now. I'm gonna be the dream crusher. He is not going to be a cardinal. And if he doesn't stay in New York, we all know he's going to end up in the Angels or in, or in Dodger Blue or with, with uh with the Giants. He going he's oh, the I mean, no, no. if he doesn't I stay mean with- I hope
1: he doesn't end up on the Angels. I mean, that's where low-key careers go to die. I mean, I need Mike Trout to get off there before he's he ruins his career. <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah, that is true. It is kind of uh
0: <laughs> contract, somebody know. had they're to say it good this year they've been good but yeah it, someone did have to say it I think if the Yankees don't sign him which ultimately I, I think we will it'll, it'll be the Dodgers that's the only other team that can freaking afford the contract and John and hey. of that Trevor Bauer money so John, John
2: Heyman did say uh the Giants are a dark horse if if because he's gonna end up out west on the in Cali is yeah, yeah, uh I got a question before we continue what was the last offer that the Yankees gave him
0: I can't remember it was less than trout though like 230? 235 or what? Yeah, something like that.
2: But wasn't it
1: still the biggest contract in Yankees history? No, A-Rod's still bigger. Uh, Was it still bigger? A-Rod got – It was up there. It was one of the big ones. A-Rod got like 10 over
0: like 300. But to be fair, before the season, it was a fair offer. Of course. This is a guy that struggles with health and you know, hasn't over the past two years, but overall, normally he does. All yeah. I is like, six-foot whatever is not a baseball body. Like, if it's a 10-year contract, the back four years of that contract are going to be brutal for whatever team is paying it.
1: I mean, it was low-key a good thing that – I mean, it's weird to say low-key a good thing that he didn't sign the contract and he's having a contract year because you know what players do in contract years. I mean, look at the guy. Yeah. They pop off. Yeah, he's,
0: uh. he's performing on the bet on himself. Like, he's earned himself a much better contract than the Yankees offered him. In March, so I'm sure they're gonna have
1: to. They're gonna have to pay him. Yeah. When? When? And how much?
2: All I'll say, and I'll rest my case, is I want to see him take the team in the playoffs. That's that's my thing. It's
0: okay. That's fine, but it's not like basketball where one guy can carry to a championship. I mean, I I understand, but he gotta he gotta be one of the big cogs in there. You know, he gotta be one of the big cogs in the playoffs. Okay, but Mike Trout is consistently regarded as the best player in baseball. And he's played like three playoff games this entire time.
2: Mike Trout isn't the best player in baseball. The best player in baseball is Ronald
0: Acuna. Let's, let's get that straight. But that's, that's for another podcast. That, look at any advanced number and it's Mike Trout every single day of the week.
1: Hey, I will have to say my buddy, Ryan Foster, huge Braves fan. Gotta shout him out. He would love to hear you say that he is the best player <laughs> in baseball, but I personally, am still on the Mike Trout train. But Mike Trout, when it's all said and done, could easily be one of the top five best baseball players that ever play the game. Wow. We just need to see the damn guy in some freaking playoff games.
0: I know.
2: I, I want to see him. I want to see him playing under 50 degree weather. That's
0: what I want to see him do. Like imagine you got <laughs> Jeter who's like his career was bolstered because of his playoff experience. If, if Jeter was like some shortstop in, I don't know, Oakland, For twenty years, he would not be regarded the way that he is now. But he was the captain of the New York Yankees for twenty years, won a handful of rings. That's why he's regarded the way he is. Oakland makes. Let's go. go. Aaron Judge just hit another home run. By the way, two run shot number seventeen on the season. Hey, before before we get before we get back on
2: topic, and I'll leave it at that. Oakland's actually a good franchise, even though they're. Even though, even though they're gonna set the record for worst attendance in like MLB history. Yeah, it's bad. All right, Luis,
0: get into our utility guy. I know you want to talk about
2: him. Utility guy, Alden. I
1: know you listen to the podcast. Who, who do I love? Who's who do I always talk about? You know, go ahead and say his name because I know it. Tim Anderson, seven, seven. From the he just top. brings that energy on the field. I mean, he's just an extremely fun player to watch. And especially this past weekend, I mean, with everything that happened, it was definitely worth the watch. He, he, he brought it.
2: I know William despises him after this weekend, after these two past weekends. Uh, no, I don't even despise him. Best hitter in the game, right? One of the best hitters in the game, uh, best shortstop in the game,
0: dark horse MVP candidate. <laughs> That's a farce. He's not the best shortstop. We went through it on a podcast and we listed like eight shortstops better than him. All right, but he's
2: a dark horse MVP candidate. Let's because TA ain't on the White Sox. The White Sox are dog crap.
0: They are dog crap. They're a game over 500. Hey, but he,
2: but it's because of TA, man. T freaking A seven. He went 30 plate appearances, four runs, one home run to beat the Yankees last night. Yeah, the game
0: was already at hand, but yeah, sure.
2: It was a three-run three, three run shot. Hey, it was 2-0. It was still a, a decent game. The Yankees did end up having a couple runners on base in the ninth. So, you know, six RBI, three walks, two stolen bases, 4.62 average, 5.33 on base percentage, and a 2.36 WRC plus. So that's that's my guy, T.A. Pay the man. Um, D.H. 7.
0: <laughs> yeah, you can say that. Just wait till he's on the Yankees in a couple of years. You'll be loving it. Anthony Volpe, baby. All right. All right. Pitcher of the week is Sandy Alcantara from Miami. One of the best pitchers in the big leagues this season so far. On the 16th against Washington, eight innings, three hits, one earned run, a walk, and seven strikeouts. And then uh, Sunday against the Braves, nine innings, six hits, no earned runs, two walks, and seven strikeouts. Complete game shutout for him. Yeah, he's been elite, and that – we talk about it all the time. That Miami rotation is very good. It's just a matter of getting those bats. Yeah, those bats are pretty bad. Uh, I had to watch them
2: this weekend when I was watching the Braves. Uh, yeah, those bats need work.
1: Yeah, I mean, there's a reason Derek Jeter had seen enough. I <laughs> <laughs> want to take the next picture. Yeah, I'll take it. Um, you know, next we got Martin Perez on the Rangers. You know, he gave us a nice outing, a nine-innings pitch, complete game. Gave up eight hits, but, I mean, all that counts is the earned runs, and he gave up zero, only one walk. Uh, not many Ks, but, you know, it doesn't really matter as long as you get the job done. It matters, matters.
2: Uh, reliever of the week it goes to Devin Williams. This could have been a lot of guys, a lot of relievers had good weeks, such as, like, Anthony Bender. He, Whenever he pitches, he's doing really well for the Pirates. I'd be interested to see where he goes. But Devin Williams gets snod In three games, he pitched three innings, eight strikeouts, and one hit. He had a negative FIP of 2.24. And change up in the big leagues. That's nuts. Zero ERA. Zero ERA. Best, up, uh,
0: best change up in the bigs. You got any Devin Williams jokes all the because- time? <laughs> yeah, come on. It kind of it kind of puts itself up on the platter. The whole uh, punching the wall thing
1: last season. Yeah, I yeah. mean, I'll, I'm, I'll I'll save it for the Cardinal games. Hopefully, the Cardinals just decide to rip him, and that's that's where I can take that.
0: I mean, him and Hater, man. That's a we talking about that's that's filth. a deadly combo. Hater Hater
2: was down there this week, also a negative fit. Those two, those two were like right there as a negative fit and ridiculous innings this week ridiculous man the hair guy man just don't bring up his twitter account
1: yeah yeah no 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 no
0: (laughs) so uh i'll bring bring it up but don't bring up nestor cortez's either he had a rough week hey nestor cortez did a good week what are you talking about i'm not talking about on the field i'm talking about off the field oh what happened uh there were some bad tweets from back 10 years ago
2: Oh, okay yeah well we, we, we we'll talk about it off the podcast but um
0: Honorable mentions this week. Uh,
2: Brady Singer had a good week for Kansas City. Liam Hendricks had four saves. We talked about the Tampa Outfield having a ridiculous week, but they played Detroit and Baltimore. So and they lost two to Baltimore. Shout out Orioles for winning the series. Uh, CJ Crone been been massively underrated. Don't know if it's because of that air over in Denver. It's different. Smoking on that Denver weed and Mookie Betts. Had a great week. Uh, He had an outfield throw this week versus the Phillies. And we'll talk about more about the Dodgers coming up right here.
0: Team of the week. This is debatable. All right. So this was debatable. Luis and I were between two teams. Alden, you can be the tiebreaker. My pick is the Red Sox. They went six and one. They won two of three in Fenway against Houston. And then they swept the the Mariners. And I say that their team of the week going six and one because had this week gone. Bad. And they lost both of these series against two solid teams. Houston's leading the AL West, or they were. He, Seattle's been disappointing, but regardless, had Boston had another bad week, it would have been it, it would have been extremely bleak in Boston, and we would have been looking at them as potential sellers at the deadline. Oh, big sellers if they would have right. had a terrible week, but they had a they had a great week, won a series against a world series contender and swept the Mariners, Trevor story, resurgence, you know, all the guys hitting. And now it's looking like, you know, they're, they could be contending for a wild card spot and they're only, you know, like, I think it's like 10 games out of the division with, uh, you know, 120 games to go. They're certainly not out of it either there. I just think it was a huge turnaround week for Boston. That's why I picked them over Luis's team. Here's my team of the week. My team of the week
2: is San Diego. San Diego handled their business. They went 2-1 versus Philadelphia. The level of competition they played this week was greater than any of the other teams that we're going to talk about in honorable mentions. They played Philly, went 2-1, and and they swept San Francisco, both on the road. So, I mean, when you handle business, you need to get rewarded for handling your business. Boston, they needed heroics. They got smoked last week against Houston one game. Absolutely unacceptable. Pitching's unacceptable versus the Mariners. They needed some heroics from Trevor Story, Francis Cordero, and Rafi Devers even have a chance. So, for me, San Diego, team of the week. They handled the business. They went in, did the job, you know, clocked in at 9 o'clock, clocked
0: out at 5, got paid, boom. They did have a great week. And sweeping San Francisco into San Francisco is is nice.
1: And that's definitely the big one for San Diego. But I'm going to have to go with Boston. I mean, it's hard to disagree with that. Let's go. World Series contender and, you know, the Mariners going 4-0. And, honestly, when it comes to San Diego, obviously the San Francisco sweep was big. But I'm not very big on the Phillies at all. Uh, Me neither. Not big at all. My, I was talking about them earlier, my friend Wesley. He talks shit about the Cardinals all the time, and I'm going to talk some shit about the Phillies right now. He was <laughs> hyping them up. <laughs> He was telling me how he thinks this is the year that they win the World Series, but dude, this ain't it. It's they ain't it once again.
0: You gotta you gotta take everything Philly fans say with a grain of salt because they're usually pretty delusional. And I mean, you gotta talk about you gotta talk insane. about
2: their health. Their health. They're not
0: healthy. Bryce Definitely. Harper
2: Bryce Harper didn't here's the thing, Bryce Harper didn't even play last week till the final two games and he was garbage. He had that PRP injection and he's out till the all star break. He's only able to DH. So
1: Yeah, Yeah, I mean, that that World Series predictions are looking very, very bleak. And they're a 500 team. They're a 500 team. Their pitching's not that good. Aaron Nola had a great start,
0: and guess what? Boom. L.A. Dodgers, boom, smoked them. Philly fans are the same fans that were talking themselves into Joel Embiid and Ben Simmons for five years. Now it's Joel Carson, and Bead. J- Carson Carson Wentz, Carson Wentz for three years, whatever you know. James uh, Harden is a supermax. It's yeah, now they're it. It, now they're forcibly talking themselves into James Harden. They always talk themselves into the Phillies. Like, yeah, come on. They're they're talking themselves into Jalen Hurts. They're Pat Bev region. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah they're definitely talking <laughs> about themselves into Jalen Hurts. It it's the most overrated sports city in the country. Hey, and you know,
2: I, I I'm just sad. Because I actually like this team hitting-wise, and I I think they're going to fall short
1: of our projections. But Yeah, I really do think they improved their team a lot in terms of hitting. Like, their lineup, if you look at it top to bottom when healthy, it looks like a very elite hitting lineup. But, I mean, the injuries have played a part in that, but I've still never been on the Phillies hype train of them possibly being contender to win the World Series. That
0: division's been sneaky awful.
1: Yeah, Yeah. because you look at it, it's usually – a. Very, very good division.
0: Braves have been at, at some point. We need to have an intervention with the Braves because whew, it's rough. They're getting spanked right now by Philly, actually. We
2: need to have an intervention about Philly because Philly can't get it done. They, they're like, they're like, the th- they always get the third base, but they can't run home. <laughs> and so, you know, that's Philadelphia. Atlanta, we don't know. I think Atlanta's still drunk. They're still drunk at the club or drunk leaving the club. They're yeah. probably. They're walking out all inebriated, all talking about their history right now. It's like, it doesn't matter. Your history was last year. What's going on this year? You're drunk right now. Get it going.
1: Yeah. And- my uh, my buddy who's a Braves fan, he wears – every single time I see him, he's wearing his World Series hat. And he's always talking shit to me about the Cardinals. And I'm like, well, you know, the Cardinals got more World Series this uh, – Yeah. <laughs> this uh, – what do you call it? This century. And he's like, oh, we're talking about the past again, aren't we?
0: <laughs> well, if you, I mean, if you really want to get specific, last year was the past two. So, yeah. yeah,
2: that's what I'm saying. And then you got the, and then you got Miami. Miami's that guy. At, Miami's that guy at the club that hasn't even gotten there. They're trying to get in, but they, they're they're in line. They're,
1: they they haven't even gotten there. So no, well. they're they're the guy that got way too fucked up at the pregame, just <laughs> not making it out tonight. No, they're the guy that has got all the looks
0: in the world and could get any girl that he wants, but just doesn't have the skills to actually go out and do it in the sense that they have the best pitch, one of the best pitching rotations. They have great young prospects, but they don't, they don't have the bats. They're missing that key ingredient. They don't deliver. They don't got the dress. They don't dress well enough. They they don't deliver. Yeah, they'll be there though. They'll be there. They're still young. They're still, you know, freshmen in college. They'll get there. The the Nats. The Nats are the the way too fucked up. Friend. Yeah. The Nats are yeah. They're bad. They're they're pushing P. And we'll get into pushing P right now. Pushing P team of the week. Pittsburgh Pirates. One and five. Lost two of three in Chicago. Lost three against St. Louis. Outscored 18 to three in the Chicago series and 28 to 11 in the St. Louis series, which meant, means they're outscored 46 to 14 throughout the entire week. Um, yeah, they're awful. David Bednar's been a bright spot, like you you keep mentioning, Luis. Uh, you, I know you're high on Brian Reynolds, but he has not been very great this year. Key, Brian, Key Brian's taking a dip. He, Key Brian's falling off. Yeah, this team's going to the cellar, baby. Yeah, they're cellar. Bednar is performing
2: for his audition tape, putting out good tape for G- July. I hope he has his house on the real estate market. Just, yeah. just praying. And um, we'll talk about some rookies right now, and we'll see if you guys have any thoughts. You've caught some of them. Um, Some of the rookies I want to talk, talk about this week that have played well. Alec Thomas has played really well this week. Julio Rodriguez continues to be clutch Friday Sorry, continues to be clutch Friday night. He had a clutch hit. Mackenzie Gore had a good start yesterday. Jeremy Pena went seven for twenty-one this week for the at shortstop, quietly creeping up at shortstop in the game. We Adley, talked about him last
0: week. He's been really good.
2: Yeah, Adley Rushman debuted, got a first career hit with a triple. Nolan yeah, Gorman about
1: that one. Yeah. Nolan yeah.
2: Gorman and Matthew uh, Libertore also
0: debuted this week. So those are a few rookies. Anyone you guys want to quick hit? I think
1: Rushman's going to be cornerstone of the Orioles franchise. Yeah, I think he's definitely a – I mean, it's hard to put him on the pedestal of Buster Posey, but, you know, number one prospect in baseball, number one pick in the draft. You know, you're hoping – you know, that franchise is definitely hoping he pans out like a Buster Posey.
2: Yep. They need everything. They need everything from him and Grayson Rodriguez, which hopefully we get to see him in September. But
1: for yeah, now – Back to back to the Cardinals, another dude, you know, the Brendan Donovan. You know, they're playing the Toronto Blue Jays right now and he. Doubled down the line, the right field line, and scored a run. So that's, he's back up to 327. Let's go. Yes. Yeah, another nice piece for the Cardinals. I see y'all are,
0: y'all are winning one nothing right now, bottom five. Okay,
1: so Michael is pitching pretty good third. right now.
0: Great start, Yes, sir. Y'all don't see the game? are y'all watching the game? Behind you? No, it's
2: all blurry. Oh, yeah, it's behind me. So, and then so after that, we're, I'm going to touch on the IL talk. Talked about Bryce Harper. Taylor Ward went in for an MRI today. MLB League leader right now in batting average. Went in an MRI today after taking a collision to the wall. That's tough for tough for the Angels. Friday night, yep. Austin Meadows has vertigo, which is something concerning. Um, Salvi Perez hit the IL with a hand injury. Kershaw supposedly is weeks away. Not good for the Dodgers. Uh, Chris Paddock had Tommy John. Um, loss. Brewers. Put Peralta on the IL today. Freddie and William Adamas should be back for that Cardinals series. Um, Max Scherzer is out eight weeks with an oblique injury. Massive, massive loss for the Mets. We'll see if they
0: can hold it up. Um and it's a big loss. Luckily for them, the division's been trash.
2: Yeah, as we said. Josh Donaldson, Chad Green, Joey Gallo, and Earldis Chapman were all listed as injuries. Josh Donaldson is suspended today. Uh, Gallo has COVID, correct?
0: Yeah. So Gallo has COVID. Chad Green's out for the season, and Donaldson has COVID. And then Chapman, uh, it's it's an Achilles. It's not a tear. It's uh, like Achilles inflammation or something. That's still very
1: worrisome. They
0: haven't listed him on the injured list yet, but I think they will. He was in the lower nineties yesterday, which is very concerning uh, for him. What was it? Was it his plant foot or? It's a good question. I'm actually not sure. Um, That's a good question.
2: Hey, hop on the Michael King hype train with me. Michael it's either, it's
0: either Michael King or Clay Holmes for the closer spot. And Clay Holmes, I think he closed it a Saturday. He did close Saturday. And Michael it, King looked quite like good. Michael King had a rough outing Saturday. His
2: stuff was kind of hanging, and they kind of got to him. Clay did all, he have uh, did pitch uh, Saturday, and he also pitched again last week. You probably know when he had two uh, two inning. Uh, appearance. I don't know when it was, but he pitched a. He definitely got his work in. Yep. Back, back to the injuries. Uh, Frankie Montas left Saturday's game with a hand injury after taking a comebacker to the hand. Made a great defensive play, but actually left him and Ramon Laureano left with hand injuries, unsure of their status. Uh, Mike Clevenger hit the IL for triceps injury, and we talked about Trevor O'Neill. Tyler O'Neill. Yeah. Now I'll give you the national schedule, and then we'll we'll have a quick talk about the series of the week. We'll I'll pick one, talk about a couple of them. Um, our national TV schedule this week, tomorrow night, we have Milwaukee at San Diego on TBS. Wednesday on YouTube, we have Detroit at Minnesota. Minnesota is quite hot right now, as they were one of the honorable mention teams of Teams of the Week. Baltimore at Boston for Apple TV. Apple TV continues to make us depressed with the matchups. No, no, the, the late-night game is good on Friday. Yeah, but this is the first game in, like, God knows three weeks that has actually been entertaining late night game is Toronto at the angels on Apple TV on Saturday. We got Cleveland at Detroit on FS one. And then on Fox Fox is back with national coverage on Saturday. Check your local listings to see what what game fits your market. LA versus the Dodgers versus the uh, Diamondbacks Cubs go and play the White Sox. And the Phillies play the Mets, so depending on your market, check your local listings to see what game you get. On Sunday, Peacock again wants us to make us hate baseball by putting San Francisco at Cincinnati at 11 o'clock in the morning. I bet you Giants players want to freaking hang themselves yeah. that they're going to have to play a, a yeah an 8 a.m. baseball game, essentially, for them. And then ESPN game is the Billy versus the Mets, which is like the 50th time this season that ESPN put the Mets on. I'm kind of tired about watching them. That's your national TV schedule. Yes, sir.
0: Now, series of the week. You guys want to talk about some series? So I'll look at something that I'm personally excited for. Obviously, Yankees Rays. It's in the trop, so – not necessarily a fun place to watch a baseball game, but it's our first time playing the race this year. So there's always some tension and bad blood between those two teams. And then that Toronto LA series, uh, two teams that could be frauds could be legit. Who knows? Tune in to find out. Um, and yeah, I'd say those are the two that I'm most excited for.
1: Yeah, I'm kind of excited to see, you know, the angels, you know, you know, I was talking my shit about them earlier. Is Mike Trout and his career so far, but, you know, they've had arguably one of the best starts since he's been on the roster. And, you know, we'd all love it to see them make the playoffs. But, I mean, obviously, if I'm looking at the series of the week, the Cardinals have a big week ahead of them themselves. I mean, this could either, I'd say, make or break them. But this week could really show whether they can be a contender or not.
0: Completely agree. Completely agree.
1: And
2: right now I'm trying to look up, I think Shohei's pitching this weekend
0: we just, just at a home run to tie it up one-one. Who? Who? Springer. We did. I just put on the, the Heat Celtics. Yeah, it's 24, 26 to 6 Celtics right now. What the hell? Absolutely pathetic. But uh um, Yeah, we
1: can't even get a good, you know, actual good playoff game. That's why I'm so pissed. I think the Grizzlies could have won it all if they stayed healthy. Yeah,
2: I think LeBron could have won it, but that's a conversation for another podcast. But- why didn't he? Uh, he, he had bad teammates, but um, a couple other series of the week. The well, he, he he constructed that team.
1: Yeah, yeah. I say he built the, the GM baby. <laughs> relax, and relax. And this is coming from a LeBron supporter. I like LeBron, but this is MLB podcast. I will sleep them. MLB podcast. Um, series of the week. We got Philadelphia at
2: Atlanta, four game set starting on Monday. Toronto, St. Louis. This is going on till Wednesday. Milwaukee is up tonight versus San Diego, going all the way to Wednesday. Mets place at San Francisco on their West Coast trip. They just got out of Denver. They're on Monday through Wednesday. Boston starts a series three-game set in Chicago, going with the White Sox. Milwaukee, St. Louis, we talked about Thursday through Sunday. Sunday Toronto versus the Angels Thursday through Sunday. Mets and Phillies at back in Philly. No, back in New York, Friday through Sunday. And then New York at Tampa, Friday through Sunday. And another series I probably will watch will be uh, the Battle of Florida between the Marlins and the Rays, which is a two-game set starting tomorrow on Tuesday. That's a fun one. That'll be fun. So we'll, we'll see. I mean, we'll see if Jazz is healthy. Jazz did get hurt Saturday night, and he was pulled yesterday. So we'll see if he actually plays tomorrow.
1: Okay. Yeah, he's a he's an exciting young player.
0: So all right. Well, we'll wrap it there. We've been going for a while. Um, Alden, thanks for coming on. It was a lot of fun. We'll definitely big shout out. Big shout out. We'll definitely have you back on some point throughout this season. Check in on the cards and then just talk anything else we got going yeah,
1: on. Yeah. It was a pleasure coming on here, guys. Uh, had a lot of fun. Really enjoy talking about the Cardinals for sure, but I really enjoy always talking about MLB in general.
0: Yes, sir. All right. Well, Luis, thanks again, as always. We'll be back next week for your regularly scheduled programming. Also going to start deep diving into the MLB draft, actually. So we're going to be talking one or two prospects every single week as we lead up to the draft. Uh, That's something for you guys to look forward to. Um, And yeah, that's all we have for you guys for this one. Thank you all for listening and we'll catch you on the next episode. Peace out.